But in spite of all those fine attributes of his, Dolly was missing. It was a worry and a mystery, and as he pondered it once again, Darby took out another cigar, this time being careful not to twist his head and jam the damn thing down his throat. He puffed rapidly enough to envelop himself in a cloud of thick black smoke. Sinking even deeper into his seat, he closed his eyes, wondering if Dolly had fallen ill. Oh, or, God forbid, even expired. Darby shuddered and consoled himself by remembering that, like himself, she had always enjoyed perfect health. Maybe she's fallen victim to some foul play, he mused aloud. Darby puffed faster. It was no secret that he was a man of means. Therefore, it was reasonable to conclude that Dolly was a candidate for kidnapping for ransom. If that were the case, all Darby had to do was return to Reno, await the expected ransom demand, and then extract Dolly from her abductors and seek retribution. It seemed simple enough, but the idea of Miss Dolly Beaver's being held hostage and perhaps compromised was almost unbearable. "'Mr. Buckingham, may, may I speak with you, sir?' "'Leave me in peace,' Darby growled, without turning his face from the window. He irritably crushed his cigar out under his heel. "'I am unfit company.' Uh, "'But, but, sir—' Darby glanced up to see a tall, slender young man wearing a black suit, white shirt, black tie, and derby hat, exactly like his own. All were of the highest quality.' One look told Darby that this was a rich young fellow, probably educated in some foppish Ivy League college. "'Go away, young man!' "'I—I cannot. You see, Mr. Buckingham, I consider my entire future to be in your hands.' Darby's brow furrowed. "'Don't be absurd. Who are you?' In reply— the young man reached inside his coat and drew out a very expensive calling card printed on the finest stock. My name is Austin Applegate, Esquire. Darby barely glanced at the card. The name means nothing to me. What are you? Applegate drew in a long breath and paused dramatically before he said, Mr. Buckingham, I am the man who intends to become your successor. What? "'Yes, sir,' Austin Applegate announced with supreme confidence. "'If you and God are willing, I mean to follow right in your footsteps and become your successor to fame and fortune.' Darby groaned. "'I cannot answer for God, but for myself, if you don't exit this car immediately, I will scoop you up and hurl you from this train.' Applegate paled, but managed to stand his ground. "'But, sir, I have excellent credentials.' I was the editor of my university paper. I write poetry and prose equally well. And I seek, as you did not so very long ago, adventure in the West. I don't ask for a byline, and I'd never attempt to imitate your unique and famous writing style, but I do wish to learn from you. He flashed a tight, quick smile. As you can see, I've even adopted your wardrobe, right down to my rather out-of-date round-toed shoes. They're not out of date, and you had better get lost, Mr. Applegate. But, Mr. Buckingham, I've read every word you've ever written. Can't you see that you are my hero? After all, I could have read great writers. 
and studied classic tales, but instead I chose to emulate you. Darby wasn't sure whether he'd been flattered or insulted. Probably the latter. Still, there was no denying that the lad was extremely earnest. Listen, Darby said, wanting to be reasonable. I am honored by your interest in my life and my dime novels, but right now I am very, very preoccupied. Well, of course you are. Who wouldn't be with Miss Beaver's disappearing without even a word of explanation? Take heart. I will help, no matter what evil circumstances may have befallen her. What makes you think that she's in trouble? Austin cleared his throat. <clears throat> well, why else would any reasonable and intelligent woman forsake you? I agree and confess that her disappearance baffles me exceedingly, Darby said. But that does not alter the fact that I've given the conductor orders that I am...